This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personal Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. I was jamming. I was jamming so hard to the intro music, I blew out my 99-cent Massimo flip-flop. Wow. Yeah, but I'm still here. I'm still here. I, I'm not going to let it perturb me. Perturb the right word? Probably not. It's a good thing I don't say words. How are you, man? Good. I've got this like itch in my nose. My allergies are back. <laughs> I can hear it. I can hear the itch in I'm your like, nose. Uh, if that I'm makes like any sense. Fighting off a sneeze. <laughs> I'm good though. I'm good. I'm 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 feeling better. I I don't sound a hundred percent still. Uh, I don't feel like I'm I'm you know. But you you haven't missed great. a step. No, you look great. great. I uh, I went to the scrimmage this weekend had a good time i had a good fun good time with the crew yeah, not necessarily not necessarily with what we were watching yeah we'll we'll have to get to that i mean shoot who do we have it was uh me you keith kyle mm-hmm. clint scott mm-hmm. rob bro mm-hmm. oh and i'm blanking on his name but it was bro's co-host on hot takes and they did they ate spicy items after games last year oh like super spicy stuff like uh the devil's toenail sucker and yeah the one chip challenge so did wings. he ever do he still owes us the gummy bear challenge doesn't he Little nitro? No, yeah, I don't know if he, he ever had a little nitro. He did. He 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 oh, messed up the recording. Record. He messed up the recording of it. Uh, he got the very end. I was like, nah, I need the I need the real thing. For those of you new listeners, friend of the show, Rob Bro, took the over foolishly, hammered yes. the over last year. Hammered the over last year on the number of Texas Tech wins and lost. And I believe the over what was it, four and a half? Yeah, he's Is like, that what we said? I think it was four anyway. and a half. Yeah, he he picked five or six wins was basically what it was. And so he had to eat little nitro and film it. And somehow the video feed did not translate. It did not keep. So that's too bad. World's it's lost forever. Spiciest gummy bear. Speaking of a uh, friend of the show, Rob Bro, two things. One, we will be on Rob Bro's college tailgate show every Saturday starting September 4th from 10 a.m. to noon on talk 103.9 and 13.40 a.m. here in Lubbock and a.m. 960 down in San Angelo and over online at kkam.com. You'll find our pregame show or our appearance on Rob's pregame show every week. Glad to be back. It was good to see Rob, too. Hadn't seen him in a good while. 
Yeah. And then um, the other thing with Rob, if you haven't yet, you can catch his and Kyle's new project, Gambling Gauchos. Is a Texas Tech athletic sporting betting podcast. Wagering. Wagering. Hypothetical, of course. Yes. Because it's not. Yes. Fictional dollars. Quite legal yet here in this great state of Texas, but they have released two episodes so far. Great lessons. Um, I think they'll be, they'll be releasing twice a week. Here starting here pretty soon. Uh, right now you can find it over on Rob's YouTube channel, the Rob bro show and look up Camblin gauchos. Yes, but they expect to be in all the podcatchers before the season starts. So you can, if you want to wait till then you can, and then download it and catch up or head over to YouTube, listen to both the episodes right now. Hey, speaking of the start of the season, Michael, that's next weekend. Oh, are you which, ready? Which means tonight's episode is all about preseason predictions. Get those game win totals in now, everybody, because we're predicting both Big 12. I, I would say we're what? mainly going to look at conference games. I'm not interested in, in predicting West Virginia and Long Island University post pioneers. Wow, that's a mouthful. Or Kansas State and Southern Illinois. Or Baylor and Tarleton State. All those are going to be wins, by the way, for the Big 12 teams. But looking at Big 12 win totals, or over-under season win totals for the Big 12 first, and then we'll go specifically game by game through Texas Tech's schedule. Quickly give you our game predictions that you can follow along and say, hey, guys, remember when you said uh, Texas Tech was going to lose to Texas and we blow them out? You guys suck. You know, you know nothing. It's, it's true. All of those are true. Um, but we'll do that. We'll, we'll get into that tonight. Um, give you our thoughts from this scrimmage, preseason fandomonium scrimmage this weekend, this past weekend. Give you news that Tyler Shuck was officially named quarterback one, starting quarterback for the 2021 season today, Tuesday, the big 10 ACC PAC 12 Alliance and how it really means nothing. But guys, if you haven't yet, you need to download the, sorry, the Spotify green room app. Cause that is where you'll be able to find our, Post game instant reaction podcasts. We'll be going live there on the audio only sports talk platform. It's free to download and to use. The great thing about it, Michael, is that our fans, our listeners, Texas Tech Red Raiders, can join us. Other fans, athletes, insiders in real time share their experiences, how they saw the game, what they thought of how everything went down. Guys, you can start or join or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors, and games. Talk with other sports fans, insiders, athletes, and executives in real time. Join in on conversations with me and Michael and have a chance to be featured on our podcast, 23 Personnel, on our post-game instant reaction podcast. We'll be hosting weeks, hosting rooms every week, Saturday. It depends because of when the game will be. Usually sometime in the evening. 
Mm-hmm. Unless there's a late kickoff, then we'll have an after dark podcast. Oh boy. And those are going to be just fuel for the years. All you need to do is download the Spotify green room app. It's free in the iOS and Google play Android app stores, create a profile, link your Twitter and join the group. Follow me at Spencer Rogers or at Michael McDonald to be notified when our group, our room goes live. Come with your spiciest takes. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, The ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. All right, Michael. Yes. I believe it's time to talk some football. You ready? I am ready. To do it. Sideline breaks the tackle. He's got running room at the 30, the 35, 40. He's the midfield, the 45, 40. He may go. 25, 10. Touchdown, Red Raiders. Davis Webb, the freshman, screen. Shotgun from the 28. The throw goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. Oh, he breaks. Oh, oh he's the worst. Red Raider, unbelievable. Michael Crabtree has done it. Let the scoring begin. You know, I would love to hear Sonny come be on the headset on the field when something like that happens this year. Yeah, you know what? I also think we probably wouldn't have enjoyed hearing him and Cliff Kingsbury in 2013. No, probably not. There's probably a little <laughs> bit of a rivalry. A little, little, bit, little bit of conflict, I'd imagine, yeah. in the headsets that first year. But, yeah, man. New things. New things. New places. Um, excited. Well, I said excited. I was excited, was excited to go to the Fandemonium scrimmage this past weekend. We got the guys together for lunch beforehand. The old Cap Rock. Not a sponsor, but please. Oh, but please. That uh, (laughs) down and dirty garlic habanero sauce. Man, Mm -hmm. it's a spot. Um, Then we uh, head over to the, the stadium, caught a scrimmage. And first and foremost, I don't know if this is just a Matt Wells thing or it's just a... Just the production value of a Wells scrimmage is low. Agree. It is very bare bones. It's 
this may be exactly how they practice and I get that and that's fine. But if you're inviting fans in to watch you scrimmage, like I want it to be set up and be entertaining. And it was this way, the spring game, uh, and, and this past weekend, it was, uh, I don't know one, the offense. I don't know if the balance you saw on Saturday is what you'll see in games. Cause it was like 90, 10 past a run. Yeah, I don't that's think that's probably, a Kobe thing. Yeah, that's accurate. Um, and then it felt like a good 30 plus percent of the time in scrimmage was spent on very specific situational special teams plays, which is fine to work on. I get that. And you need that, but not in a public setting where like you bring hundreds of fans in It's like, Hey guys, come watch us get excited about the season. Now watch us kick four punts in a row and watch us right. attempt field goals from all over the field. Like I, or have, or watch us have the third and fourth string quarterbacks who for the first time in at least Don Williams, 30 something career did not have a red shirt and were getting hammered. I didn't I mean, understand and, and, that part. And Wells is, you know, Wells is, um, rationale there. It, it made sense because these guys haven't really played, uh, in a long time, especially Donovan Smith. So, but if they get hurt in a scrimmage like this, then they will yes, continue cool. to miss time. They would look like idiots, not, not Donovan Smith and Morton, but the coaching staff. But anyway, you know, another thing that they ran, it seems like with only these guys was, uh, plays from the one yard line trying to get out of the end zone. Did I you think, notice that? I think Shuck and Columbia both had, a possession or two that started inside the one. Okay. Okay. Well, I know that I know that Smith and Morton did, but they had several. And by the time they were playing, the defense was comprised. The defense was mainly comprised of black jerseys. But by the time that the third and fourth string QBs were in, the defense was about half black and half white jerseys. So they were just pulling whoever <laughs> into those rotations. And, and, and that's kind of what gets me about, okay, if you're going to play Morton and Smith, like I want to see how they do with the first team offense, right? Like, sure. I I don't want to against a first team defense, right? I I don't want to be conjuring up like even more of a quarterback battle controversy, like all things being equal, all four quarterbacks had the exact same scenarios and they had the same line protecting form and they were thrown to the same receivers. But I kind of want to see that. I kind of want to see what a Donovan Smith looks like behind the first team O-line than a bunch of walk-ons and scout team guys. Especially when he was wearing a, he was not wearing a non-contact jersey and was getting blown up. It's like, yeah, we don't feel like immediately. We don't feel like we can see what he's doing. Anyways. Um, so I left a little underwhelmed. The offense, first team offense started off by Shuck. And obviously we heard today, Tuesday that Shuck was announced as the official starter. Um, it took a while for a Shuck led offense to score some points. Columbia came on. It felt like his group was able to score sooner, but it wasn't a very sharp looking day. For like anything, it, it wasn't like you saw the offense struggle when the defense was just making play after play. It was like weird misreads and 
overthrows, underthrows, penalties, bad routes. So I don't know. I, I left the hands feeling a little, like, like I said, underwhelmed, but also my enthusiasm waned quite significantly. Man, mine too. You know, cause you and I, especially over the last three weeks, maybe four weeks have really been constantly patting ourselves on the back, like, or, you know, on the head, just, Hey, wake up. Hey man, we, we gotta be cool about this. Keep the expectations reasonable. Everybody just go about your day. But, but we were starting to get really excited. And I know a lot of it was just the stuff you hear out of the camp and it's just that time of year and it's football and football's exciting and you're ready for it to be back. There's preseason football on TV and everything. Anyway, so all of it was playing into it. So I I almost wish one of us would have stayed home and the other gone to the <laughs> gone well, to the uh, the scrimmage and, and wondered if we would have felt any differently than we do now. And I, I think we we might have. If I had stayed home from the scrimmage, I'd probably be like, I don't know, Spencer. I mean, maybe it was just a bad day. Uh, you know, you know, I know that. You said that Tharp had a few passes that just went off his hands, but hey, that just that just happens. That's just okay, part of so it. He's a freshman. He'll he'll figure it out. <laughs> to play devil's advocate here, I, I I will walk it back and say TJ Stormont didn't play in the scrimmage. When you're True. probably you're expected to be the number one offensive lineman for you, you're missing obviously Sir Roderick Thompson. Uh, you you're missing a couple of weapons on offense, and the play calling, like I said, it wasn't reflective of what you'll probably see during the season. Um, and you were missing guys on defense. Like it wasn't. So what yeah. you saw on Saturday probably has nothing to do with what the team will look like. I just, I don't know. I didn't like what I saw and I was, there were still some fundamental things to just pick, to yeah. just pick apart. So you mentioned Tharp um, and technically the play was bl- blown dead. It was like a, it was either a penalty or they, they blew it dead for a touch sack on the quarterback. But dang, he caught, like a laser 50 yards downfield behind the defense one handed from Tyler Shuck. And we're like more of that inject that into my veins, please. Well, I'm pretty sure in this scrimmage, there were just as many, if not more targets to tight ends than there was all last season. Oh, I don't, I wouldn't doubt it. And it felt like there were more targets to Tharp than Coons. And I don't know the play breakdown. If, if Tharp was just given more opportunity because he is a newcomer trying to make a name for himself and Koontz they they feel like they know who he is. I'm, I'm or not he's st- just six, nine and, and sure did look open a lot more. <laughs> six, nine <laughs> could have been that six, nine two sixty. We're like, just throw the ball to Tharp. Just get it in that general area. So, I mean, Let the man work that there were some things that I left pleased with. I like that the first time since he left uh, in the spring with that major injury, Eric is came out and looked dang good like six three two twenty and looks the part right um tharp looked really good your other running backs looked pretty good well i mean i don't really know i don't it's a very small sample size you, i mean very very few handoffs and the eight runs they they called all day i don't know so and they were stuffed pretty early too so it was just kind of uh i'm not worried about the running game it's but we definitely didn't see it Saturday. I'm sure that was intentional. Yeah. Anyways. So. Fandemonium. The athletic kickoff party. 
will be Thursday, the 26th, at the Sports Performance Center from 5 to 7 p.m. Head coach Matt Wells and athletic director Kirby Hokut will be speaking. Complimentary beverages, music by Jack Ingram. All you have to do is RSVP at redridderclub.com slash events. Michael, you can try to go. Yes, I should be able to go. I did RSVP, so I will enjoy a complimentary beverage and see what's going on at the Sports Performance Center. See, I'm, I'm probably going to learn a lot. I just, I just have a feeling that there will be a lot of, a lot. Not, it won't just be coach speak. I think they're really going to go X's and O's and talk about the exact type of schemes they plan to run. I wouldn't doubt which, it. Which I think, speaking of those of you hoping like us for 23 personnel to make an appearance in the offensive package. I'm pretty sure every single play was 11 personnel on Saturday. Yeah. And, and I know that there was some groaning within our group, but I was like, I, I don't, I don't mind it though. Like when you've got guys like Coons and Tharp, that it doesn't feel like you're forcing yourself into that position, right? Put them both out there. You can put them both out there, but like, see, it wasn't like, um, oh, I'm blank on his name, but that tight end that Kingsbury had in his last years that just kind of felt like it was forced. And I know that he had a bunch of guys that he had converted to tight ends and, and put them out there. And this was a, one of the bigger receivers he recruited at a high school and then eventually had him bulk up and play tight end. He just wasn't very good. And the guys in front of him, like uh, Connor Killian. Oh, you're and talking Dante Thompson. Dante Thompson, yes. Like it felt like there were times when he got into the game and it just felt forced. Like you, like you feel like we have to play, play the tight end here. We got to put somebody out there. Yeah, Whereas as now, much grief as we give. Well, I guess it's not because Kingsbury never touted about using the tight end as much as Yost and Wells did the first two years. So they get Yost and Wells get some more grief. But yeah, Kingsbury did not use the tight end at all aside from pass blocking really yeah okay anyways let's uh let's talk about the big 10 acc pac-12 alliance that was announced today we saw uh rumors of it coming out today from over the weekend and definitely on monday um the statement that came out from the group of conference commissioners was a big Because hey, it said, I see, it was a long statement, had quotes from everybody, but it said oh, nothing. Lord. It said right? nothing. The, the The main thing I gathered, I gathered from it. Um, sure, there was an agreement. Nothing was signed. Does <laughs> it need to be according to Klyavikov? Whatever that's worth. Um, one of the main things I wanted to just kind of throw out there, and of course now I can't find it. Oh, uh, Warren who I believe is the big 10 ACC. commissioner. I thought he was ACC. Uh, Phillips Phillips is ACC. Okay. So Warren is big 10. Yeah. Um, Warren said that this is not a reaction to Oklahoma and Texas. <laughs> he added to be totally candid. You have to evaluate what's going on in the landscape of college athletics. And yes, it's obviously a reaction because that's what Klievkov said a week ago. Like we, we have like every, like, what do you say? We've got to do something to dampen the vibrations of Texas and Oklahoma. Right. And Klyavkov is the Pac-12 AD or commissioner. Yes. So it's like the three of these guys couldn't even get on the same page of what the, about what they wanted to say of 
what their point was of creating this alliance, air quotes. Well, and, and what Phillips did say, this may be what you were hinting at, the ACC commissioner did say, we want and need the Big 12 to do well, Phillips said. The Big 12 matters in college athletics. The Big 12 matters in Power 5 athletics. And our FBS group will be watching what occurs here. If, if, if they thought that, then why were we not included? <laughs> yeah, that's a glaring. We want the Big 12 to, to do well, but we're not going to include them in this big alliance to combat what the SEC is doing. Yeah, it's a glaring load of bullshit. I think basically the few of them want certain teams of the Big 12 to do well because as also has been reported, which you may have been getting towards too, is Klavikov has said that the Pac-12 will announce this week, I think on Friday, if they will expand or not. So there's still a chance that they won't. You know, they may come out and say, yeah, we're not going to do nothing. Well, or um, they may take two teams from the Big 12 or, or not take, but offer or take four or and tech could be within that mix or they may not be depending on who's reporting what. Yeah, well, I was going to I, no I was going to talk about that. The Dave Wanstat quote that we saw come out Tuesday that he said he had overheard from somebody at Fox saying the Big Ten's going to grab two of the Big Big 12 schools. Uh Kansas and Iowa State. ACC was going to grab West Virginia, West Virginia and the Pac-12 was going to grab Oklahoma State, Kansas State. Yep. And we're just like well, I mean, those kind of talks coming from a TV person, like maybe they would know because the, the, those potential conferences, like what, what, what would our, 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 uh, our rights look like if we had these teams in our conference, but also like, like West Virginia to the ACC, I'm like, if anything's going to go down, like that, that one makes the most sense. They've felt like it's always been a set thing. If the big 12 dissolves, West Virginia is pretty clearly going to go to the ACC or at least try. Um, Kansas to the Big Ten has been kind of a thing for a few weeks. Iowa State to the Big Ten kind of makes sense. Geographically, pairs up with Iowa and like whatever. Oklahoma State to the Pac-12 has been a team that's been announced, or not announced, but kind of connected to, to moving out west. Kansas State, though? No. So I don't know, like the the inclusion of Kansas state into the PAC 12 piece. And maybe it's just because of my perspective as a Texas tech fan breaks the whole (laughs) legitimacy of that whole statement down. Like, Oh no, (laughs) they're just messing around. Yeah. I mean, the Alliance is, And every time I see it, I, I say it like, um, okay, here's, here's another bad impression for you. Um, and in Indiana Jones in the last crusade where Sean Connery tells Indy that Sean, not Sean Connery, but Henry Jones senior tells Indy that I respected your privacy and I taught you self reliance. (laughs) I can't help but think of just the Alliance every time I hear it. That's how I say it in my head. Maybe other people will say it and I'll actually say it with a much better impression of Sean Connery. But this whole thing, I mean, it's it's a glaringly bad sign for the Big 12 to be left out of it in the first place. Um, it seems kind of useless and pointless thing to come up with. And and what's what purpose is it for? Is it to try to combat the SEC in some form or fashion? 
Is it to? It would almost have to be to combat the SEC, but like, if you're going to do that, then you, it basically feels like it's going to be SEC versus the world, right? Like you've got to get everybody else on board. Big 12 is just an afterthought. (laughs) And then like the other, other point of this, like it almost doesn't really make sense for the big 10 to be involved because they already make more money than the SEC does. Yes. It's like quite a bit more. And they're, and then they're destined to make even more. So after this new round of contract negotiations. So I, I don't get it um, unless maybe the PAC 12 does have a trick up their sleeve and they're going to get four teams from the big 12 or something like that. Maybe they do have some sort of alliance. And the reason the pack the big 12 is not included is because they know it's about to go under because they're going to poach everybody. There's a possibility there. I don't know. I just know that this, this really just seemed like lip service today. That means nothing. That means some volleyball team squads are going to play each other a couple more times. There's going to be some basketball games that may be a bit more interesting. You can't have Ohio state and USC play each other every year. You know, you're not going to get that type of stuff. You're not going to have Clemson, you know, playing Oregon every year. You're not going to have that. I mean, it's just, there'll be a handful of things where this would make sense. Right. And there's just too many teams and there's just too much going on. Yeah. And so in the, in the statement, the release said there's a, 41 group of school uh, in this group, in this alliance are 41 schools. Yeah. That includes Notre Dame. And it was going to be going to bring more attractive non-conference games in football, men's and women's basketball. It's like, isn't that kind of already a thing that happens? Like now you just kind of announce like these three conferences will work together to schedule more games. So I don't know there, there we're going to include some quotes from that and a link to the story, their release in our, our show notes over on staking the planes, but thought we should maybe bring their that up. point. Yeah. Well, and maybe their point is to just cut out D two and FCS schools. I, I don't, maybe that's the plan. Maybe they're going to try to have it all quote unquote power four slash five schedule in the future, as much of it as they can and not play, you know, the long Island States or whatever of the world. Yeah and just cut them out completely, which is almost worse than what the SEC is doing because that's how those schools stay afloat is, you know, Florida international making the trip to Lubbock, Texas. That helps them a lot. Yeah. So with that, Michael, let's, Oh, that was a great segue. Let's, let's pivot just a little bit and look at, we'll start with the big 12 teams before we get to Texas tech and look at over under win totals where Vegas sees this, these teams performing and then kind of where we think these teams may go. We'll just go alphabetical. Start with Baylor. They're over under this year's five and a half. I don't get it. I don't either. <laughs> Cause they don't have a quarterback. They don't have big names, big name receivers or running backs. Aranda did not do a great job in year one with all of the talent left over from what's his face. Rule. Rule. Yeah. I've already forgotten him. He went to Carolina. Um, so the line for Baylor's five and a half, I think we're both pretty firm, but I'll just say it. I'm going to take the under here. Uh, their schedule looks like Texas state, Tarleton state, Kansas. Um, let's see. Where's your other, non-conference game. 
BYU. There it is. I was already kind of considering them part of the big American that we're going to land in here in a few weeks. The big angry American. Being angry. Texas State, Tarleton State, and BYU. Um, I think they've got a, a shot at Kansas and winning those first three games. Or sorry, Texas State, Tarleton State, and Kansas. Texas State, that may be a closer game than, than we think, although Texas State's been pretty terrible the past few years. Um, Michael, I, I'm looking at your prediction. You've got them actually being competitive against the Wildcats there towards the end of the year and sneaking a win there, but I don't... I, I just think that's way, a fluke. I think that's just going to be a fluke win. I'm sorry, Wildcat fans. I know that's going to hack some people off, and I don't blame you, but I, I just think that there's going to be some weird stuff happen this year. And that's going to be one of the weird ones is Kansas state. Um, because they will be, and you're going to go into the let down, look ahead sandwich theory from oh yeah, our friends at solid verbal. I'm going to say our friends we've never met. Although I have, uh, sent a message in after tech almost lost to Houston Baptist last year and it got played, but Kansas state, um, plays West Virginia at home. Then they play Baylor at home right before playing UT on the road. So I am chalking that up to kind of a letdown look ahead to where Kansas State's going to actually lose that game. And Baylor's going to win because it's just going to be a weird thing. But yes, to, to take you to get back to the original question, I'm going the under. I'm seeing him going four and eight. I, I don't I don't get it. I mean, They've what was a, it last year? Or three and nine or two and ten? No. Uh, they were two and seven last year. Two and year. seven. Which, you know, I Without mean. Without two non-conference games. Sure. So they are basically a four-win team. And I don't know if they're any better than they were last year. Yeah. They, they have we've had pretty brutal stretch in their schedule. They go Iowa State, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, BYU. Then they get a week off. But then they have Texas, TCU, OU. You've got them going 0-7 in that stretch. I don't disagree. I don't know if they can bounce back from that and snag one from Kansas state after losing seven straight, but I've got them probably going three and nine, but Michael, you and I are in agreement. They're going to go under the five and a half. Iowa state set at nine and a half. I think we're both in agreement here that we're going to take the over. Yes. I'm taking the over. They've got Northern Iowa, Iowa, UNLV, Baylor, Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Texas, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, then TCU on Good Friday, Black Friday. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> Those are vastly different. Yes. <laughs> and ironically, Black Friday is. Yeah. Anyways, um, you've got good them Friday's losing to good. to Iowa and Oklahoma. Yes, I can see your thought there because Iowa did lose to Louisiana last year. Or sorry. Uh, Iowa state lost to Louisiana last year and they've had the issue with winning all of the games. They should. I just, I probably see them winning that game, but still losing to Oklahoma. So you've got them going 10 and two. I probably get them 11 and one, unless they lose a stinker somewhere in the middle there, which is possible. Uh, they've got, who are they got on the road? Oklahoma state, Texas, TCU. They've got a really favorable home schedule this year. They get uh, Oklahoma, Texas Tech. No, sorry. Those were their home schedules. They've got a really brutal road schedule. That's what I was going <laughs> yeah. with. Baylor, Kansas State, West Virginia, Texas Tech, and Oklahoma are all on the road for them. 
I don't think it matters much though. Cause I mean, yes, Rob bro made the point. Like when I said they're bringing everybody back, he said, well, it was a COVID year. Everybody's bringing everybody back. Yeah. Get that. But of the 22 possible Iowa State's returning 20 of them. Um, their lone weakness is not having some kind of all-star receiver to throw to like they had with Alan Lazard a few years ago, but they've got three guys on the preseason all American watch list. Uh, I was tied for most in the big 12 with, with Oklahoma. So we've got them being you know, Iowa. Iowa last year, the reason I have them losing to Iowa uh, after they had two clunkers, of course they only played eight games last year, but Iowa rattled off six in a row to end the year. And then their season got shortened by COVID. So they, they lost their first two. They lost by four at Purdue and they lost by one to Northwestern. Okay. Now those aren't resume building losses, but then they, they won, um, they beat Michigan state. They won at Minnesota at Penn state. They beat Nebraska. They won at Illinois. They beat Wisconsin. And then this, this season was canceled. So they didn't get to play Michigan or Missouri, but um, I do think that it's, yeah, that's going to give, they're, they're going to give Iowa state some trouble. It's early in the year. They always give Iowa state some trouble because it's just a, 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 you know, a rivalry game, but man, I don't see, I don't see any other team not named Oklahoma really giving Iowa state much trouble this year. Well, so here's, here's where I'm going to, like you mentioned earlier, we'll get to Texas Tech and their schedule and the look down, look ahead sandwich. Look, look ahead, look down, look ahead, let down, let down, look ahead. Yeah, that sounds good. I, the Texas Tech Iowa State game is one of the marquee matchups I've got marked as a <laughs> prime candidate for a look ahead, look, let down for Iowa State because they host Texas. They travel to Texas Tech, then travel to Norman. So they've got Texas, Texas Tech, Oklahoma three consecutive weeks. And if they have eyes on, on winning the big 12, they've probably got circle Texas and Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. So, but in between there, they've then, got a trip to Lubbock. So got a knows. road trip to Lubbock in the middle of November, Kansas. Uh, interestingly enough, they've got just a solid one on their over <laughs> under um, the guys at Bosco boys were, were pretty, pretty strict and said you couldn't take a push. Um, so I was forced to take the over and I'm going to stick with that. I think it's more likely they win two games than they go. Oh, and 12. Yeah. And I'll, I mean, I will stick with, I will stick with the not taking a push. So even though, even though I have them picked to, to win only their first game against who is it? San Diego SD, whoever that is. Yeah. South Dakota. <laughs> I don't know. It's St. St. DuPaul. I'm just making stuff up now. I'm going to take the over just to not take a push. I'm going to, I'm going to South listen to the Bosco boys guys and agree with them on that. I couldn't believe you couldn't sell tech to, to these guys. They were, they were, they were not they were having like it. two out of the, the seven or eight guys chiming in that took yeah. techs over, which just so y'all know, techs, uh, the line is set at five for Texas tech. So be thinking about that, which I would pick over under on tech, but we'll get to that later. So for Kansas, I've got them winning South Dakota and competing with Duke because Duke may be like, according to Bosco's boys, and this is something that, that I, I had to take from them, 
before I Duke may be just as bad as Kansas. Yeah. They'll probably compete with Texas too. Um, yeah, probably. I, I do like that they're they're gonna they're playing Coastal Carolina. They were they were the, the Cinderella team that caught everybody's attention last year. I, I hope they're just as good and just as fun to watch this year. Um their home schedule, they've got Baylor, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Kansas State, Western. Not that it matters much because it's Kansas. Um, but yeah, I've got I've got them going two and ten because I don't I don't like the push there. And I think they've got a chance against Duke. Kansas State, their line is set at five and a half. Um man. It depends on if Skylar Thompson is healthy. Uh when Texas tech played them last year, obviously Skylar Thompson went out early in the game and then did not play the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. You, arguably you should have won that game. Um, now again, that was without Skylar Thompson. Um, if he's back and healthy, like they've got a shot. I just five and a half, like maybe just over. Yeah, that's where I'm at. And I've got them, you know, I've got them losing to OU and Iowa state. Um, but I have them winning on the road against Texas. I have them winning on the road in Stillwater. I, I just think that they're going to be able to surprise some teams. I have them winning uh, in Morgantown or versus West Virginia at home. Um, I, I don't think they're going to make, like you said, you know, ninth year, ninth year senior Skyler Thompson on the team. He's he's really going to be a huge factor in how well they can do and how far they can go. Um, and so that may change a lot throughout the year, but right now I'm barely taking the over. I have them at six and six. I, I mean, they're, they're, they're running back. Deuce Vaughn is something oh, special. Um, my little Deuce Vaughn. He is. Oh, he's so fun to watch. <laughs> Except when it's against your team. Yeah. I, I, I would disagree about which games I, I have them winning and losing, but probably still hitting right at six wins. So we're they're both just a, they're a really well coached team. Third year Kleinman, even even if they only go six and six this year, which I wouldn't be surprised if they do better than that. Uh, but I just I, I think they're going to land on their feet uh, no matter what. All right, next one's pretty easy. Oklahoma. I think we're both going to take the over the over under set at eleven. I think they're just going to roll through and go. I do too. Undefeated. I've yep. I got them. I got them going twelve and zero. I don't know. I mean, they they even host Iowa State, and you know Bedlam is so lopsided at this point. Uh, they just have Gundy's number, so yeah, over taking the over. Yeah, uh, Oklahoma State is set at eight. Ooh, okay. I need to not do a push here because I've got I, I had eight picked. I mm. I'm not a I mean I'm not a huge believer in Spencer Sanders, their quarterback. Um, they've got re- like always really good running backs really good receivers and it never feels like there's a hole in their defense. There's always a guy on the defensive line and the linebackers and the secondary that can just eat you up. Um, they're, they're out of conference. I like the game against Boise. They're going like they're playing in Idaho for that game mm-hmm. on the blue turf. Um, I like that. They played uh, Tulsa played them really close last year. They they host Kansas State. You've got them losing that one. I don't. 
That's what I'm saying. That's I, I just feel like Kansas State's going to do that to some people. Yeah. They're just going to show up and maybe a game that they technically shouldn't or wouldn't be favored in, they're going to ruin some people's days. And they've got Texas, Iowa State. You got them losing there. Uh, I would agree with you. Then they've got, you've got a four game win streak here between at home versus Kansas on the road, West Virginia, at home TCU on the road, Texas Tech. Spoiler alert. Um, I'm going to have them going three and one in that stretch. So I'm okay. going to take the under actually. Now that I, I, I put to, that to avoid taking a push, I took the under as well. Um, even though I picked eight wins, that was the line. So I'm going to take the under because I don't see him getting nine. Because so far we've taken the over on everybody except for Baylor. So yeah. we, we need to we need to make the adjustment here. TCU seven and a half. Um, this is one of those teams is like a lot like Baylor. I don't get it. Like I've got them under and by a fair bit. So do I, man. I mean, they just lost their offensive coordinator. Well, I mean, they, um, I guess they, they've they've still got Meacham and, and Jerry Kill, but what, what does that get you? Because I don't know. Like I like they Duggan. lost one of their best their their left uh, their left Duggar. tackle. Yeah, they lost their t- tackle. They they haven't had like a a guy in the skill position. Uh, I mean, they they basically rode Max Duggan like that. That was their guy, um, which is fine. I mean, he was obviously dang good and fast and was able to win some games. Um, you want to win some games? Duquesne, Cal, SMU are their, um, their non-conference games. I think they've got a good shot to go three and zero there. You've got to lose to Cal. You've got them actually beating Texas because they've actually owned that series. <laughs> they have been. I'm just like, well, you know, historically the last um, decade, let's just keep it up. Like, as much as Texas Tech complains about off years about their home schedule, the TCU home schedule this year sucks. <laughs> they they get they they get all three other non-conference games are at home. Duquesne, Cal, SMU, they host Texas, host West Virginia, host Baylor. Maybe that, that that's a bigger draw for them cuz like it doesn't make it doesn't move the needle for Tech fans. Maybe it does for TCU and they host Kansas. Their conference home schedule is Texas, West Virginia, Baylor, Kansas. I would yeah. be livid if that was our home schedule. And they get the Texas one out of the way very early. Yeah, week five. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got them going under. I just, I don't get it. Like, I, I know Gary Patterson's going to have a competitive defense. I, I just don't get seven and a half. Texas. Read a, head, read a headline today real quick. Gary Patterson entering his third decade. Ugh. as head coach at TCU. This may be his last, last year, last little bit. I don't know. All right, Texas. Questions abound in Austin. You've got a new head coach, which means all new staff, all new philosophies. Uh, you're, you're starting a new quarterback with whoever it is that's it's replacing Ellinger. I don't think they've named a starter yet. Um, obviously, they've, they're loaded with talent, as they always have been. Their line is at eight. I think for all of those reasons, we're both going to take the under, correct? I am definitely taking the under. I have them going seven and five. I have them losing. I have them. This is a sort of bold hot take. I have them losing to the Raging Cajuns week one. That's been a, a, a game to watch. They, they've, they've pegged out for a lot of uh, media outlet. Be like, hey, that's, you know, 
Texas, Louisiana is not, not that, um, it may not be that, that great on paper, but like Texas may have its hands full there. Yeah, I think they will. And, and so I've got them losing that losing to TCU, as you discussed, losing the red river rival. Oh, I think they're going to get throttled by Spencer oh, yeah. Rattler and the Sooners losing in Ames, which would just be beautiful to see. And then also losing at home, like we mentioned earlier against Kansas state, just because Kansas State's going to be a well-coached team and people better be ready for him. All right. Last game, last team. That's not Texas tech, West Virginia. They're over under set at seven again, probably because of the streak we had up at the beginning. We've got them going under and I don't understand the over here or that line at seven. Um, either Neil Brown and Jared Daigie. They've got a stills brother still there, but like, I don't know. I, I, I don't see it. Uh, they're, they're non-conference Maryland, Long Island University post Virginia Tech. You've got them going two and one. I got them going one and two. I think they're only going to beat the nobodies from New York. Yeah, Maryland was just not very good last year. That's really my only reasoning there. I have them losing to Virginia Tech, even though it's at home. Uh, but Virginia Tech did pretty well. I think they... That would be an interesting game, at least. Entertaining yes. just to get that. I that think they did pretty good in the ACC. Regional rivalry back. Regional rivalry. Wow. Oof. Um, just call it that. Regional rivalry. Then they got Oklahoma, Texas Tech, Baylor, TCU, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Texas. Their home schedule's really good mm-hmm. for, for them, for their fans, I would think. They've got Texas Tech... Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Texas. Like that's obviously like if, if nobody includes Texas Tech as like a top tier Big 12 team right now. But sure. Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Texas, those are teams that will bring fans, bring eyeballs, bring attention for sure. Um, I just, I don't see him going seven or six. Me neither. I've got him going five and seven. So definitely taking the under on seven wins. My goodness. So to wrap up really quickly, Baylor five and a half, both Michael and I are going under. I don't think there's one that we disagreed on. So we're taking the under Iowa state nine and a half. We're taking the over Kansas at one, taking the over Kansas state five and a half over Oklahoma, 11 over Oklahoma state, eight under TCU, seven and a half under Texas, eight under West Virginia, seven under. And y'all be thinking of this because Texas Tech's line is five, and we'll tell you where we are on that shortly. But before that, Spotify Green Room, guys, we've got to talk about it a little bit more because it is a f- really fun way to interact with our show. You can follow me, Michael McDonald, or Spencer Rogers on the Spotify Green Room app. Download it on iTunes, on Google Play. Um, you can create a profile. You can link your Twitter. You can join our group. And when you follow either of us, you'll be notified when we go live, which as we said, we're going to try to go live after every single tech football game this year. The times will vary, but uh, if you subscribe to us, you'll know when we're going on. You can talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. You can get in on the conversation and you can share um, your own takes on the app, which we look forward to hearing some of your takes. If, um, if, the tweets have been any indication. I think y'all will have some pretty good takes. So download the Spotify green room app. It's free. You can create a profile. Like we said, uh, link your Twitter, join us, 
follow me, Michael McDonald or Spencer Rogers, and you'll be notified when we go live starting September 4th at approximately 10 p.m. If not like 11, who knows? <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> All right. So quickly, we're going to go through the Texas Tech schedule, give you our game by game preseason predictions. So when we're oh wrong, you can throw it in our face. Oh boy. Um, if you listen to gambling gauchos, they, they both, uh, Kyle took, um, FPI with the football power index. It's a measure of strength, basically of a team from ESPN, a little Sagarin, Um, and they use those kind of numbers to, to calculate strength. Just, and, and then also they compared like how, how they were in agreement in some places and how they differed. Um, I like FPI cause it's a lot more favorable to Texas tech this year. It likes Texas tech. Um, it has a projected win loss. If you round to the nearest whole number, Texas tech going seven and five, mm. um, chance of winning the conference 0.4% <laughs> strength of schedule at 21. So it starts off the season in Houston versus sorry. Yeah. In Houston versus Houston, Texas tech, according to the FBI is a 66% favorite to win this game, which is quite a bit stronger than I would have expected. I agree, but they weren't at the scrimmage on Saturday. No, they weren't. (laughs) And we were, and I will admit this fully enforced my opinion on this. I really thought, you know, this game was always kind of a half, a coin flip for me a little bit, you know, Holgerson, he might have his, his act together a little bit, but just based off what I saw this last week and the sheer number of third downs, we haven't even talked about that. There were so many third downs. I got sick of hearing hell's bells and that's and a hard never, thing to do. And they never would let it play long enough. According to mine, and they would never, nope, nope. You got to let that symbol roll at least just, or just, they had music playing the whole time. So just let it play the whole, play the whole song once. They, they cut off the third down music to get back to the ambient rap music that was in the background. Yeah. So I have no idea how many times this offense faced third down, but it was a lot and it left me worried. They were third and eights. They were third and elevens. They were third and twos. They were everything. Um, I thought if, if they're not consistently getting first downs against, of course, you know, then you look at it the other way. Well, this tech defense is, uh, you know, it's going to be really good. I, I can't focus on both. All I can do with those <laughs> scrimmages, I, I'm like, I have to pick one. So I just focused on the offense and looked at it that way. And I was not impressed with it. So all that to say, I think it's going to be kind of a shock for Shuck. Oh, That's, shuck. That was not intentional. Um, but it's, you know, he made some decent throws, uh, but I just think we're going to look rough and there's a good chance Houston may look rough too, but all that to ramble and say that I think tech's going to lose on September 4th. I don't think they're going to be ready. And I think Houston will be more ready than tech. So the I'm, I'm softening my stance on the scrimmage in that we didn't see the run offense. So, so yes, one thing we talked about last week, what we wanted to see more of from Texas Tech in 2021 was being more efficient and effective on third downs. And I said to do that, you'll have to be getting yards on first and second down. And you can do that with your running backs, which we did not see on Saturday in the scrimmage. I, 
That's I true. I think this game will be close and ugly. Agree. And I, I'm in the camp of, I'm not going to believe it until I see it. I'm trying not to be set myself up for supreme disappointment. I'm in agreement. I think you probably dropped this first game against Houston. Then you get two pencil them in now when Stephen F. Austin and Florida international, if you lose either one of these, there will be a lot of discussions about who the next head coach at Texas tech will be in December, 2021. Do you think that interim coach Sonny Cumbie would, would be debuting against Texas? If, if that happens on either of those I don't, days, I don't think Hokut is one of those guys going to fire somebody mid season. Yeah, probably not. Unless it was just egregious. Um, but going down to that trip to Austin, I, a lot of this is going to depend on what Texas looks like and what you look like in games one through three. I've got Texas tech losing this game on the road to the Longhorns just because of the talent. And you just, I I'm not, I'm not believing yet. So four games in, I've got them two and two. Michael, what about you? I'm the same way. And I'm not, uh, believing in Texas. I just think they're going to have a good run there because I think after they lose to Louisiana, they're going to wake up a little bit. They're going to go beat up on Arkansas. Then they're going to host rice and then tech comes to town. So they will, they will have had a little, little time to heal after losing to Louisiana. Whereas tech's kind of the same boat if they actually lose to Houston. But, um, you know, just going to Austin, it's, it's not going to be in tech's favor. It's going to be, probably a full house again this year. I think DKR the last time tech went there, they were undergoing renovations and stuff. So it wasn't even full then. Um, so it, just a lot of factors involved Sarkeesian. I think he'll, he'll get the ball moving, but I just, I just don't know if tech's going to be able to score on their defense very well. Yeah. I'm yeah. Texas tech on the road the following week go back to back road trips, West Virginia. I think with as much as I talked down about West Virginia, the road trip out there is going to be difficult, but if anybody's had anybody's number for, with Matt Wells, he's had Neil Brown's number and I'm not, that doesn't uh, hurt my feelings. I'm not intimidated by Jared Day. Seen him now two years. I, I've got Texas tech winning this game. Uh, it may be close. It may be like a score, um, but I've got Texas Tech winning this game and and not having to be as last minute heroics like you had last year where you had to stop them, their final drive as time expired in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I'm with you on it. I'm, I'm not seeing how West Virginia is picked so high this year. I, I very well could be wrong because uh, I know that Brown had just basically almost to work from scratch and he's just on year three. And I mean, in last year, what did they do? They won. Well, they somehow won six games, uh, but four were in conference. So, um, yeah, they, they won the same amount of conference games as Kansas state last year and only won more than tech and tech beat them somehow. Anyway, I'm with you. I think tech's going to win up in Morgantown. Home game versus TCU. I'm giving the Red Raiders the edge here. Absolutely. This is the Sunny Cumbie Bowl. Sunny Cumbie Bowl. And I think um, 
you know, if, if, if there's going to be any game where, where company's going to give you a distinct advantage, it's going to be going against his old team. Like we saw when Glasgow went back to, to TCU or um, Mayfield went to Oklahoma, like everybody kind of plays that down. There is a distinct advantage of facing your former team and being able to say, I know their tendencies a lot better than even taking some time during the week and scouting them. I know what Meacham's going to do. I know what he thinks he wants to do or right. where he wants to try to trick you. Like he's going to know those tendencies. Well, and this is a point that you've already brought up, but TCU will have just played UT at home. And then the week after they come to Lubbock, they go to Norman. So this is sandwiched in between probably two of their biggest games of the year because mm-hmm. that's why they're going to the SEC because they're uh, everybody wants to play them and they hate them and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I think so too. I mean, there's a lot of factors working against TCU here and I, I, and text do to, to quote Rob bro. There's the do theory. Text just <laughs> do man. They're Next, do a home win against TCU. The following week on the road at Kansas. I don't think there's an embarrassment factor in there. I, I, I think you take care of business again. Yep. You got yourself a little win streak going here. You got three games in a row now puts you at five wins so far in the season. There's your push with Kansas state, Oklahoma, Iowa state, Oklahoma state and Baylor left. I like your chances here following week back home versus Kansas state. I think you hit the over. I think you hit bowl eligibility before November and by beating the wildcats, October 23rd. We should really look that up. When was the last time tech was bowl eligible before November? Was it 2009? <laughs> it may be. Or like, oh no, you know what? It was, it was Kingsbury's first year because he ran off seven. Oh, then lost five in a row. Yeah, so this will be, you'd be six and two at this point, which is a really good start. And this is what we talked about earlier. And I know we talked about earlier tonight, we weren't so hot on Texas Tech uh, after the scrimmage. I mean, yes, it's obvious, obviously possible you, you lose to West Virginia, TCU or Kansas State or all three and really dampens there. Um, but I think you... You've got a good shot here. According to FPI and all those games, uh, TCU, you're going to be a favorite. West Virginia, you, you're a slight underdog, but you're on the road, and FBI really heavily favors home field advantage. You're a huge favorite at Kansas. You're actually a really big favorite versus Kansas State, 76% to win that game. Now, it's not 100%. You're not even 100% for Kansas. That's at 85 but I think I think you're you're progressing enough that you can flip some of these close games uh, and win them, and you get to six wins at or during the Kansas State game. Yeah, and I think this goes back to the do theory. Just for me, uh, Kansas State has had text number for years. I'm tired of it, and then. <laughs> Just also, I was, I think I actually had this as an L. And then after I thought more about that Bosco's Boys podcast where they all just completely thought it was ridiculous that, you know, betting the over on tech winning five games was just out of the realm of possibilities. I think that changed my mind. So Kansas State's going to lose in Lubbock. (laughs) They just have to. I'm I'm willing it into, into action right now. Halloween weekend and Norman. I think you're, you're going to break that win streak there. 
yeah, <laughs> that's that's gonna be an L. <laughs> Um, Sorry, I don't mean to laugh so hard, but no, just fine. the way you said it so seriously, I was like, yeah, yeah, I think that's... <laughs> of course. Yes, yeah, of course. Uh, I just f- hope we cover. We'll just see. You get your first off week, first week of November, unless you count week zero as an off week, because there are games this weekend. But um, So you play nine games in a row. You get Oklahoma, and then you get a chance to lick your wounds, re- recollect... <laughs> refocus as you host Iowa state week. What is that? 11, 12, 11. I don't know. I don't know numbers. So Michael, I, I think tech's going to drop the second game in a row here and lose to Iowa state. I agree, man. Um, I did have this. I honestly had this as a win before I went to the scrimmage. I thought, man, they're going to, they're coming off their off week. They probably will have just gotten hammered in Norman. They'll, they're going to be looking for blood. They're going to be ready to play. And then I was just so underwhelmed. I thought, yeah, I think Iowa State's going to be really good and be in the Big 12 championship this year. So why am I thinking that Tech's going to hand them a loss in Lubbock? I, mean, until- I hope they do. Until but you can just figure out playing that, the odds here. Until you can figure out that cyclone defense, man. Gosh, uh, la- last year, your first points were off of a blocked field goal returned for a touchdown, which was a fun, exciting momentum shift moment in the game. And then you didn't went over long. for like the next forty-five minutes of game time. You didn't score again until late in the fourth quarter. The game was over before mm-hmm. you scored again. This is Columbia came in and led a scoring drive. Um, you got a two point conversion. And I, I think you probably went for the onside and missed it. And then Iowa state scored again late to, 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 to push out, out of reach again. Um, Cause it was, it was 27, 15 at one point, 27 or 24, 15. So you're like, I mean, it's still two scores, but like it felt closer than Iowa State was able to score. Um, home versus Oklahoma State. I, because this is so far in the season, it's hard for me to say one way or the other because I don't know what Shuck's going to look like, what the offense is going to look like, what Spencer Sanders and Oklahoma State's going to look like. Um, I think you've got a good shot at grabbing this one. Um, and let me let me bring in the look ahead letdown sandwich factor here. Mm. Oklahoma State schedule. They host TCU, and then they host Oklahoma. So they're home versus TCU. Travel to Texas Tech, then back home versus Oklahoma. I think the returning home for Oklahoma, coming after your game, um, and obviously on the road here in Lubbock. I think sets up for the opportunity for Texas tech to steal this one. Oh, so I'm going to mark this one as a win. Well, I mean, good for you. I'm, I'm hoping that that's the case. I think that Oklahoma state's going to be the third best team in the big 12. And that's probably true. And they can still be the third best because of that factor. (laughs) Yeah. And because of that factor, um, and despite the fact that they will be hosting Bedlam the next week, I mean, that's a great point. 
Oh, they're not hosting. Are they? Yeah, yeah, they are. They sure are. They are hosting. You said that. I'm still going to call it a, as a loss for tech. Um, I, I think that Spender, Spencer Sanders never has another game like he had in Lubbock two years ago that allowed tech to win that game. Of course, I mean, Hubbard's gone finally, right? Isn't Hubbard in the NFL? Yeah, but the, they had a guy come on against See on the last Browns. Year. That was pretty good. Desmond well, Jenkins, Of course I think. they do. They always have good running backs. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I think Tech's got a lot better defensive front and a lot better group of linebackers than they've had before. But if Spencer Sanders is any sort of threat, then that running game's going to open up and I'm a little bit worried about it. So I'm, I'm calling a loss for that. And this makes, this is like last year. Um, I predicted a really rough November. <laughs> so well, it's this will be November rough. 20th and Tech <laughs> will have, have not have won a game since October 23rd, if that's the case. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a month between wins for me. Spoiler. Now, going back to Iowa State, I, I know we both picked a loss here. Uh, that was another candidate for me, a big time candidate. If you're going to jump up and grab a, a game from somebody that you shouldn't, mm-hmm. because Iowa State hosts Texas, then comes to Texas Tech and then travels to Tech to Oklahoma, which is which will probably be a preview of the Big Twelve Championship game again. So they've got three, like you know, Texas is, is obviously picked to be top half of the conference, I, although we we're both pretty low on them as a as a new new coach breaking everything in. Um, it's still, they're still going to be like a team that everybody's gonna be looking at and focusing on. Obviously Oklahoma as the clear favorite to, to run the table. Um, so I think, I think I was, you got a chance there. And then I think we both picked the win versus TCU, but TCU is also a game that you catch between them playing Texas and Oklahoma mm-hmm. and they're playing Oklahoma on the road. So you get TCU in Lubbock before they travel to Norman. Uh, last game of the season, you're going to the toilet bowl aptly named for the butt bowl, butt bowl and the toilet bowl this week that this year at Baylor, despite it being an official loss on paper two years ago, I think Kyle mentioned in gambling gouchers. I would still consider it a win when you uh, yes. went to overtime and the they butt fumble miss misappropriately inappropriately applied a rule there that cost you the game. I think you win this one. I don't think it's really like, I, I don't think you're going to blow Baylor out. I don't think it's going to be as close as it was last year. Uh, poor Charlie Brewer was tired of getting beat up, transferred out, said no more of that. Um, final game of the year. I think Baylor at that point is going to be pretty beaten down. Uh, I mean, I had him winning three games. They would have lost, won their last game at this point in September, according to what I have them doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and go, then, like, I, I think they go three and zero, and then zero and nine. So, yeah, I have them winning four games. Um, inexplicably, somehow, also beating Kansas State. <laughs> Sorry, Bosco boys, um, but it's just going to be just a weird year and they're not going to, there's just, there's just no way they're going to be as good as what this line indicates. So yeah, I've got, I've got tech winning. All right. So quick wrap up for the season. Me, I've got them losing in Houston, uh, then winning Stephen F. Austin, Florida international losing at Texas, 
beating the Mountaineers, beating the Frogs, beating the Jayhawks, beating the Wildcats, losing in Norman to the Sooners, losing to the Cyclones at home versus Iowa State, beating Oklahoma State, and beating Baylor to go, what is that, eight and four? That's eight and four, man. First time you would have won eight or more games in a regular season since, you guessed it, oh, nine. <laughs> and and my, you know, luckily we had at least, we had the one game where we differed. I, I picked us to, by us, I mean Texas Tech. I picked Texas Tech to lose versus Oklahoma State at home. Spencer picked him to win. But other than that, we were identical. So I've got Tech going seven and five with that loss to Oklahoma State, which seven sounds crazy to me because once I did it all and I was just I was picking them and I picked every game. I picked every Big 12 game for every team so that I could be consistent across the board on my over-unders and my reasonings and and all that kind of stuff. And I, I, I wavered back and forth, but I just thought, man, seven and five seems doable it i think that's basically what we should expect so we both obviously with the line being five we are both hammering the over right now we're taking the gambling gaucho's advice they have guaranteed that hambling hammering the over will result in all sorts of mythical riches with your uh mythical dollars yeah so um. Well, hold on. I'm 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 looking at your at your predictions here. You mm-hmm. left TCU blank, the TCU game blank again for Kansas State, but you oh, had, did. But you had them. You had them losing. You had TCU losing to Kansas State on the TCU side. So I, I dropped the W in there for Kansas State, and it got them up to seven and five according to your your little matrix here. Okay. Which is a game and a half higher than their over under, which we predicted an under for Kansas state over, over. You said over. Never mind. Anyways. So I've got Texas tech going eight and four. That's optimistic there with the West Virginia TCU, Kansas state stretch there. I think the other ones are a little bit more well that and and Oklahoma State. So you could go 0 and 4 in those games. You could go 4 and 0 or you could do any kind of combination between. Um if you go better than 1 and 3 or if you go 1 and 3 in those four games I just listed and win the other games, you will be hit the over of 5 wins. So I think we're a little optimistic, but hopefully not. I mean, eight wins, dude. That sounds. I know. I when I when bold. I put that, that together, big. this is the most. How many years have we done this podcast together? This is our third. We have never picked more than. I don't know if we've ever picked more than seven wins. I know we picked like or six. I know I picked three. What was it last year? Year before? Yeah, I it think we've rough. been really close. Unfortunately, it's been rough. It's been a rough couple of years. Ragged. But I don't know if we've ever picked seven or more and we we're both doing it this year. Hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm oh. talking myself out of it. That West Virginia TCU, Kansas, Kansas state. I don't like four. No, there right now. <laughs> and that win versus Oklahoma state, but they're I've already be, said they're going to be on a roll, but don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. All right. Um, 
I did ask for people to weigh in on, on their predictions. Um, and I got nothing back specifically. They just want to hear us do it. So that's how we roll. They wanted to hear our predictions. Excuse me. Let's not, let's not leave that open for interpretation for people to fill in (laughs) what you want to fill in there. Um, Michael, let's wrap this up with what we learned. So let's, uh, let's kick this off. What did you learn this week? I learned that, um, the Alliance is, is really going to be nothing. It's, it's just, it's a way to probably get more of the smaller teams out of sports to try to compete with TV networks for eyeballs. And it's going to leave the big 12 in the dark unless somehow Texas tech is picked up by one of the teams in the Alliance. So I really don't care for it. And on surface value, it looks like a bunch of nothing. That's what I learned. What'd you learn? Well, and it's something I've already talked about. It's just that I don't like a Matt Wells open scrimmage. Um, (laughs) It's not set up for fan engagement or entertainment. They tried with the spring game to have a fan call first play and it ended with a pick six. Um, There's just too much special teams and not enough actual running of the offense. Like you didn't run the ball. Um, and if you're going to, well, if you're going to throw in third and fourth string quarterbacks, don't put them behind walk-in offensive linemen, like put, like make it entertaining for everybody. Put them up with the first team. Let well, make it realistic because if, if for some reason, heaven forbid, Donovan Smith and Baron Morton are playing, it's probably because of injuries and they're going to be playing with the first team. So, I mean, that's a great Hopefully. point. It's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Donovan Smith's going to be behind the first team offensive line and, and handing it off to Sroderick Thompson when he's healthy and, and throwing to Travis Koontz and throwing to Ezekama. You know, they're, it's it's not going to be him and just, you know, the rest of the third or fourth string guys. So Wide that's, receivers wearing numbers in the 40s. Yeah. I, <laughs> they didn't keep score in any way at all. The scoreboard was on. I have no freaking idea they, why. They updated at the very end. It was like 30 to 35. I was like... I don't even, we don't know what that means. Yeah. Cause it wasn't, it wasn't keeping tally during this. It just turned on right there at the end. I think there were four touchdowns all day and one of them was a pick six. Um, so it, it was just, yeah, <laughs> I, I hope, I hope that it was not indicative of how things are going to go this year, but it, I just, I just don't like a this. Matt Wells open scrimmage. We should have a food take. Do you have a food take? I've started you talked food at all this whole podcast. I know. Um, you, you all know that I, I started growing peppers this year. I've my, my first harvest. I, I picked a, hand, a small handful of Hungarian wax peppers, which they look like banana peppers, but they're hotter. They're like twice as hot as a jalapeno. So they're actually got some heat to them. Um, I don't like the color. I, I don't, I didn't like the color of them to, to make a sauce out of them. Cause they're yellow, mm-hmm. like a bright yellow. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pickle these bad boys. So I slice them up into rings. I made the brine, put it all in a jar. It'd be so spicy. I know. Well, here's the thing. It's going to be great. I also, I, I picked one jalapeno cause it was starting to get those, those stretch marks on the skin. Mm-hmm. It was like, even though it was a small jalapeno, it's like that one looks like it's ready. And I kind of wanted to wait until they started to change colors, but I've been waiting for these wax peppers to change colors for several weeks now. And they weren't, it's like, I'm done waiting. So I, so I went ahead and picked five or six 
and it's it's probably like a like an eight ounce jar I've got. So it's a small jar, small tester. I've got that now sitting in the fridge, and the recipe said they're technically good to go once you seal the like once the can closes. Like it's a quick pickle brine. Mm-hmm. They said it really just gets better with time. So give it a couple of days. It's it shouldn't it shouldn't break down and make soft mushy pepper pickles for quite a while. So it'll still be crunchy. Um, but like I said, I also threw in a jalapeno. I went to the store and I couldn't help myself and I bought a handful of habaneros. And I put a habanero in it as well. So it's going to be hot. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll have that first jar of pickled peppers in a couple of days. What are you going to use that on? Are you going to put it on like a pizza sandwich or sandwiches, Ooh, sandwich, especially Salad. like a big hoagie or something with a big, something with a lot of bread. Yeah. Like those peppers they do at pot bellies. The pepperoncinis. Yeah. Well, no, pot bellies, I think theirs is, are they pepperoncinis? They just have something called hot peppers and it's got some herbs and spices in it too. And I think it is jalapenos and maybe, oh, there's a couple other ones. I can't remember them all. So here's my, here's my food take. I've got the seeds going in the grow tent. There's some progress happening there, but yeah, there is for Michael. I'm Spencer. That'll do it for us this week on the 23 personal podcast. Next week, we'll get you with the Houston preview. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 personnel podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas tech red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23 personnel, Spencer at punt suck and Michael at Michael underscore LBK and find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.